everybody has the power to do this and you don't have to wait for your partner to do it. You can do it because when you do it, then as you referred to my concept before action reaction, then your partner will respond back in kind. This week, Dr. Karen Sherman helps take your marriage from good to great. Stay tuned. Happy New Year, everyone. I hope you had a great holiday season and are ready to make this year the best yet for your marriage. And we want to help. Visit hitchmag.com, click the newsletter link, subscribe for free, and we will deliver fresh information to your inbox every week. It's the simplest way to get your resolution to improve your marriage off on the right track. Again, visit hitchmag.com and click the newsletter link. Hey everybody, welcome back. This is Steve Cooper, Editor-in-Chief of HitchedMag.com. I am joined once again by the original Dr. Karen Sherman. Hi, Karen. Hi, Steve. Karen is a practicing psychologist in relationship and lifestyle issues for over 30 years, so pay attention, class. She's got (laughs) a lot of great information for you today. Uh, We are going to talk about uh, getting back on track and prioritizing your marriage. Um... And I and I realize we see it all the time. It's hard to have a normal schedule, uh, but with the holidays and the rearview mirror, uh, you really want to get your marriage um, back in a in a solid, positive groove. And one of the things that I want to stress and emphasize is that we're not talking about a bad marriage here. We're just talking about you want it to be better. Um, you just kind of feel like it's just there, and you want to add some emphasis to it because it's one thing to just have a good marriage. It's another thing to have a great marriage or it's one thing to have a, it's, it's fine, but you want it to be good. And, and that's kind of what we're talking about today. So we're, I just want to emphasize that we're not talking about marriages that are in trouble. Um, but you know, I think it, I think people should feel excited about their relationships. So that's kind of how we're going to approach this and tackle this one today. So first, Karen, let's talk about approaching this subject with your spouse that you want to kind of get things on this like really good track going forward. So how can you go about it without making it sound like something's wrong or that you're trying to drag your spouse into certain commitments that they're not very excited about? Okay, so what I'm going to say is generally it's going to have to be on the on the wife. Um, because we know that women have a better pulse on a relationship. Now, I'm speaking stereotypically. That's not to say that sometimes the guys aren't going to know it, but generally it's going to be the wife. So I'm not, ladies, I'm not laying this on you like, yes, you've got to be the one that initiates it, but you are going to be the one that's going to know that things are maybe getting off track a little bit. And all you really want to do is say, you know, sweetie, I realize we've both been really busy lately, or we've just been under so much stress. And I think maybe it's time for us to, you know, get things back on track again. Okay. Nice, easy, no big deal. Not like we have to, we have to talk. Those, those words are like, you know, horror words for a guy. Nails on a chalkboard. Yeah. 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 Or something's wrong. Just, you know, 
we've both been so busy and, and I think we've just gotten a little off track or we need to pay more attention to us. So, you know, I think we need to start looking at that. Can it even be, it? nothing's even off track, just, you know, honey, I would really like to just add a little emphasis to Absolute. our relationship. Absolutely. You know, I want to make this our best year ever. Like, remember how how fun it was when we first, you know, just kind of emphasizing all just positives as opposed Absolutely. to approaching Absolutely. it from that negative side. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Of, of course. Of yeah. course. Um, so there might be some pushback, though. I mean, you, you want to talk about relationships and some people will just immediately recoil. It doesn't matter what the subject matter is regarding relationships. Um, so what's an effective way to communicate its importance to you who is bringing the subject up? And again, without making threats or making it seem like the situation is dire or anything of that nature. Okay. So for instance, Steve, I think you just did a great job of pushing, you know, of responding to a pushback. I said something about we've gotten a little off track and the person might say, I don't think there's anything wrong with our relationship. And then you could say, well, you know, you're right. There isn't really anything wrong with our relationship. I just want to make it as wonderful as it was the way, you know, like the way we were when we first started dating or something like that. The other thing that you could do is you could say something like, I guess I was just sort of missing us time. Mm. I'm not saying anything's wrong. I just miss us. We've just been, again, as I said, we've been both busy and, you know, crazy with things or, you know, there's so many things we do for the kids and it's important to take care of us also. So, you're not blaming the other person. You're not saying anything's wrong. You're just talking about, you know, that you want things to be really super. Yeah. You know, that's, I love the us time. That's actually one that my wife uses on me. Mm-hmm. And you'd think that because I'm so tapped into like this marriage stuff that I have a pulse on things and I feel like I do. Um, but I also don't know how she's feeling at all times. Mm-hmm. And every once in a while she will say, you know, I think we need some us time. Can we, put something in the books for like Friday night or over the weekend uh-huh. or whatever. Uh-huh. And it's not, there's anything wrong. It's just, I want some us time this weekend. And the, the, the nice thing about it is it's not, she doesn't ask for that stuff a lot. So when she does ask for it, I take it very seriously. Mm-hmm. And again, this, I think gets back to the uh, headline of this topic of prioritizing your marriage if there is anything that need, like if there's something in the way of us having that us time, I see what can be moved for the marriage because the right. marriage is the most important thing. So if it's, you know, if it's a long-term commitment, like if it's, if we're having dinner with friends who we only do it like once every three months, you know, I'm not going to move that because that's going to be a pain in the butt. Um, but we might say, well, we have that dinner, so let's try to hang out in the morning, in the afternoon, and spend all afternoon together kind of a thing. So right. we try to work that stuff around. But if I have, you know, no big deals, totally push that aside for mm-hmm. the prioritization of the marriage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, remind me, some at some point in this podcast, I want to talk about a couple I was working with recently. Um well, I could talk about that. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, talk about it. That is a perfect yeah, segue. Why not? <laughs> um, and they, I'm not going to go into the details because I don't want to divulge any of that, but, but they had gone through something that was a very serious in, in their uh, life. And um, now they've sort of dealt with it and they've gotten regrounded. However, now what they realize is that they want to start working 
on their marriage because they want to make their marriage as good as it was. And basically what they said to me is that the marriage they have now is basically the marriage they had before this horrible thing happened. Um, and they probably, if this thing hadn't happened, wouldn't have even thought about working on their marriage. Mm -hmm. And so I asked them what their week looked like. And their week looks like pretty much a very typical suburban family with a couple of kids, which means they both work. Mm -hmm. um, they don't have a lot of time for each other. Then the rest of the week is taken up with doing things for the kids. Mm -hmm. um, they finally get some social time on the weekend, which gets spent with another couple. And there's, there's really no time for each other. Mm -hmm. And... So we really spent the entire time with me helping them come up with ways to literally inject the relationship with some us time, mm -hmm. which can be done, which absolutely can be done. Um, it requires being mindful. It requires, you know, um, sort of instituting some tools um, but they are not difficult things to do. And once you start doing them, um, it is really going to make a difference in feeling connected with each other. Mm -hmm. And this is, I guess this is one of those things. I mean, we've talked about this with sex, about how a lot of couples feel like it's cheating, but scheduling sex. Yes. And, mm -hmm. and you've brought up how, you know, when couples go out on date, like when couples were dating and you would mm -hmm. like, that's essentially what you're doing for a lot of couples is like, you were literally like, just, we're going to go out on, you know, Monday through Friday at school or class or whatever the circumstances are. And then on the weekends you, is when you see each other and have, have sex. Right. Right. And right. so couples, I think they feel like, well, we shouldn't have to schedule. It should be this spontaneous magic moment when the sun starts setting and, you know, the <laughs> romance, you can almost hear the music in your head. And it's like, no, that's not how it goes down for most people. Uh -huh. Like uh -huh. they, they plan it. Um, right. uh, so, you know, that's really good. And it's interesting too, that you talked about how this couple wouldn't have worked on it unless something bad had happened in the relationship. And you hear this all the time about couples where somebody has been um, unfaithful in the relationship that when they decide that they want to make a go at it and fix things, that their relationship becomes stronger because they're forced to face the uh, things in the relationship that they had been ignoring up to that point. Absolutely. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Um, okay, so I want to move on a bit. Um, so this is, you know, getting getting your relationship, getting your marriage back on track sounds like it, it's good intentions. Um, but, you know, kind of like a New Year's resolution Intentions are good, but the follow through can be a little more difficult. So mm -hmm. how can we help couples make their plans stick? Okay. So you actually answered this question already when you were speaking about your wife, Jess. You said that she puts it in the book. Mm -hmm. So I would say that you have to start using whatever way that you remember things. Um, you put the tools that I'm going to suggest in, in your uh, calendars. Um, of course, you know that the main thing I'm going to say is to have your date night. Sure. And, um, you know, I asked this couple, okay, you know, what is the earliest time both of you are together in the middle of the week? And it, it wasn't early. It was 10 o'clock. Um, and they said that their son was still up. And I said, it doesn't matter if he's up. You can find five minutes. Um, and 
even though I normally suggest 15 minutes to get it going, I said mm-hmm. five minutes. So you then put that into your planner that you're going to do this date night for five minutes. And of course, the rules, just in case people haven't been listening to all our podcasts, is that during that time together, you don't discuss bills, you don't discuss kids with uh, problems with kids. It's about the two of you. Whether you're just sitting and holding hands and listening to music, whether it is that you're looking at old pictures and reminiscing, whether it's um, that you're giving each other neck massages, it doesn't matter. But it's got to be just about the two of you Mm -hmm. reconnecting. So you put it down in your planner. That's, you know, and you know, okay. I mean, if you have to take your kid to a soccer practice or to, you know, a dance class, you know, because it's in your planner. Yeah. Now this five minutes for each other is in your planner. And it, I'm glad you brought that up too, particularly with the kids, because pe- parents have no problem putting a schedule in for their kids mm-hmm. and prioritizing their kids. But it just doesn't – and I'm not trying to blame anybody, but I don't think it just even dawns on people to put a schedule for themselves and their spouse and their, ske- and right. their plans. And I think that's right. a good habit to get into, particularly for anybody who's super busy – because if you don't do that, you will uh, almost always find something else to do. I mean, there's Absolutely. always chores to do around the house. Mm-hmm. There's bills to pay. There's, you know, and you might even, I mean, if you need to, you can put in your personal time too. Like a lot of people like to go and garden or go on walks or whatever. So, yeah, I think putting it in the books, particularly for those who are super busy, mm-hmm. um, they a lot of people only schedule their appointments, but they don't schedule their leisure time. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you need to right. schedule that leisure time. Right, right. Okay, so that will start to get you into the habit of doing it. Okay. Okay. Now, the other thing that, with some of the other suggestions that I made to this couple, the male said, but you're sort of forcing it. It's not organic. And I said... Well, anytime you start learning something, it's not organic. You have to just do it. And we have research that lets us know that initially when you do something, you just do it. Hmm. And then the feelings come afterwards. So, yes, just do it. Um, You know, I I have a – so I have an example. I feel like I've used this in the past, but I'm going to use it again really quick. So Mm -hmm. I have for most of my life – um, wanted to learn how to play the piano. And mm-hmm. I I have hinted at this to my wife. And about, I want to say about two years ago, for Christmas, she got me piano lessons. Uh-huh. Even though I had a, like a keyboard around that I could play, I just never did it. But mm-hmm. she knew that if I had um, a scheduled appointment every week, that yeah. I would never miss that appointment. Uh-huh. And and I haven't. I go to piano once a week, um, you know, barring any kind of travel or whatever. But I go every week, and some weeks I practice in between, and some weeks I don't. But I always go on my appointment dates. Right. So right. it's putting that plan in place That's because it, it requires that. It requ- for that kind of a thing. It required me to have it the appointment down and set. Otherwise, even though it was something I wanted to do, I had intentions of doing it. I just never did. Mm-hmm. And now I finally right. am. It's like being accountable. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell a little story. I, <laughs> I, 
I, there's a, um, I don't want to do an advertisement. There is a very well-known weight reduction program okay. where you have to weigh in. I don't follow their program, but I still weigh in once a month because that way I'm accountable. Mm. I think that when you are accountable, you're more likely to do what you're supposed to do. So, you know, it's the same thing as your piano lessons. And I think that if you put it down in your calendars that we have this date night, even if it's only the five minutes, you will more likely start to do it. Mm -hmm. And think like that. Think about it's important that we have this us time. And the best part about it is it doesn't have to – I mean you shouldn't think of it as a chore. You should think of it as like, oh, awesome. It's playtime, right? Like it's recess. You get to do something you want to do. This is the person you chose. And so if if you look at that five minutes and you think like, oh, we're going to have to do whatever – Think of something different. Like you should look forward to that five-minute time. I don't think that people think of it as a chore, Steve. I think that people think of it as a luxury and we've got so much to do. You know, the kids need this and I've got to make this call or, you know, I've got to bake those cookies for the Girl Scouts or something. You know, I, I can put myself aside. But the problem is if you keep doing that, then – there's no relationship to come back to if you keep putting you on a back burner. But I think that, I mean, I guess maybe my phrasing is wrong, but when, when you, I mean, it's almost like during the holidays when you jam pack your schedule with like bouncing from party to party kind of a thing. Mm -hmm. It's a, it's literally a party, (laughs) literally a party. But when you add one too many, all of a sudden it becomes this burden of like, Oh God, I don't want to go to that. And so when you're talking about, you know, overcrowding of the schedules, like it shouldn't feel like a, it should feel like the relief that you get from everything, not, not an added burden to your schedule. Yes. Okay. Thank you for clarifying that. I mean, it could have worked both ways too, I suppose, the way you interpreted it as well. Okay. Okay. So shall I tell you a couple of other suggestions that I offered this couple? Yes, please. Okay. So, um, because this really, when I listened to their schedule, there really was not a lot of time. Mm -hmm. So the date night, then I said that I thought that they should text each other during the day. Mm -hmm. Um, doesn't have to be a big text. Doesn't have to be lengthy. Little things thinking of you. I love you. Can't wait to, you know, see you tonight. Mm -hmm. Just little things because those are saying, I'm thinking about you. You matter to me, you know, um, I appreciated, uh, you know, that you did so in this, you know, this task for me yesterday. Uh, you looked hot this morning. Whatever. Just a little way to connect during the day. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that, you know, um, if one of you is showering and the, and the mirror gets heated up, I know that this is corny, but it <laughs> is very cute. Put a message on the mirror. Yeah. Um, you know, leave little notes um, for each other. Um and and then it's those things start to become fun. You know, you start to figure out like, oh, let me do this. The other thing, and they both looked at me like I had three heads when I suggested this, is the idea of hugging each other. Sex is wonderful, mm-hmm. but affection is really important. So um, hugging, we know, is extremely important. It increases the oxytocin, the mm-hmm. feel-good hormone in your body. Contact comfort is very, very important. And research says that four hugs a day is what will do the trick. 
And the four times is easy. When you wake up, when you go to sleep, when you leave each other, when you get back together. So there are your four hugs. Easy. Right. Um, holding hands when mm-hmm. you go out. Uh, we have research that that lowers your blood pressure. Um, so, you know, making sure that there's some kind of affection, there's some kind of cuddling, all of those things are important as well. And when you start to do those little things, it's those little things that are going to make you feel like you're being noticed, that you do matter. And what I often tell couples is if you want to feel like you felt at the beginning of your relationship, do the things that you did with each other at the beginning of your relationship. Yeah. And I think when you, when you think of it that way, you then begin to realize like how much effort you were putting into all of it. Yes. That being said, when you start to do these little things, initially it's effort because you have to stop and think and Mm. be mindful and, you know, sort of like just not get caught, caught up in the humdrum of the day. But as you start to do it, it really is not effort. It, it really just starts to flow. And well, the more that you do it, the more your mate will do it. Yeah. Re- action, reaction. And, and yeah. like the, uh, like you were talking about the hugs, for example, that it, it doesn't become effort anymore because it just becomes habit. That's just right. how you wake up, start your day and end your day, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So again, you're right. It, 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 and it's just having, um, putting in good, uh, good rules in place for success mm-hmm. is really what yeah. this is about. Um, yeah. Okay, so let's move to the final question I have for you, which is: so we've done all these things. We've we've given uh, couples out there some pretty good advice on how they can really get things on track and and keep the feel goods going. So how, like what, what kind of a frequency do you think there should be for a couple to reassess how they're doing, how they're feeling about their relationship, that sort of thing? Well, you know, I, I think at maybe once a month, okay. you know, just, you know, so how, how do you think we're doing? What do you, what do you think? You know, do you think that what we've been doing is working? What could we add to the list? What do we need to alter? Um, but again, realistically, you know, I mean, you know, I'm a big advocate of check-ins with each other. Yeah. Um, realistically, you may not do it. And again, then it's, we're going to go back. We're going to circle back around that the woman may have to again say, so I think we've been really busy lately yeah. and we need to sort of spend some more us time together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. And you know, again, this reassessment doesn't have to be a big deal. It doesn't have to be, all right, let's sit down, grab her. Ca-. You know, it no. could just be yeah. a mental, like mm, that worked out pretty good. And then yeah. just asking your spouse, like, Hey, do you, you know, have that work out yeah. for you? Do you think we're doing, you yeah. know, that, that sort of thing. Yeah. So, I mean, it could be, you know, like, I really love the fact that we've been texting lately, you know, how, how are you liking it? Something like that. So really just affirming sometimes what is working for you might be enough. Oh, absolutely. You know, a lot of times when couples come in and I say, how are things? And they say, they're good. I say, okay, tell me what's working. Tell Mm. me what's good. Because you can get as much out of that as the complaints. Mm -hmm. Because when you know what's working and then you increase that, then you know that, you know, your couple, your, your spouse is satisfied and you're satisfied. Yeah. And what's the ratio? Like a five positive to one negative? 
Well, that's what the research says, yeah. that you can do five positive things. And then if you unfortunately do a negative, it's going to wipe out the five positive. So the more that you can build on the positive and the more that you have in your bank, you know, the better off you are. Yeah, that's I mean, that's I guess that's what the point is, like cranking up those positives. Like I really yep. like the um, so we can do those things. Because again, yep. you don't, sometimes you don't know what the negatives are going to be. Like, I mean, most people don't go into their situation trying to pull off a negative. It just kind of happens because no. they're yes. not thinking yeah. or whatever it may be. So, yeah. Right. But right. we can actively boost those positives. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, okay. This was, this was great. Was there anything else you wanted to add to this uh, topic this week? No, except that everybody has the power to do this. And you don't have to wait for your partner to do it. You can do it. Because when you do it, then as you referred to my concept before, action, reaction, mm-hmm. then your partner will respond back in kind. Yeah. I, lo- I think that's an important point to drive home is that you have the power to affect change in your marriage. Absolutely. You know, it doesn't require anything really except for first the desire and then the follow-up action. Right. So, okay. Well, this was, this was fantastic, Karen. So, well, we will wrap it up with that. So thank you so much for your time and your insight. It's always appreciated and enlightening. Thank you, Steve. Uh, I want to remind everyone you have been listening to Dr. Karen Sherman, who is a practicing psychologist and relationship and lifestyle issues for over 30 years. She has her own radio show called Take 5 to Empower Your Relationships. And in five minutes, Karen will present a real relationship issue, tell you what's behind it and how to resolve it. And you can catch that show every Wednesday on the Sex Talk Radio Network. Uh, You can find this information at her website, drkarensherman.com. Of course, you can find past episodes of this podcast as well as articles and uh, much more information on our website, hitchedmag.com. You can also uh, find us on the social platforms, Twitter, Facebook, etc., Um, And if you have questions, shoot us a question. Let us know what you think. And, uh, and of course, if you, if you like what you hear, uh, please give us a little rating because it does help the discoverability of our podcast for others who are looking for good, solid marriage info. And we greatly, greatly, greatly appreciate that. So, um, hope everybody is off to a good new year. And I want to, one last time, thank you so much, Karen. Thank you, Steve. All right, that's going to do it. Take care, everybody. We know that it's showtime. Clear our heads of all our worries and fears. Now we know.